The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. better get healthy and help animals welcome to main street vegan with your host victoria moran it was the best of times it was the worst of times well we all know that charles dickens said that a long time ago and probably most people would not be talking about this time right now as being the best but you know what amazing things are happening more and more people are eating plant-based meats and plant-based foods and more and more people are waking up to the oneness of all life and the dignity of all humans and all beings And we are part of that. So I like to think that in some ways, you know what? It just might be the best of times. Hi, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran, your host for the Main Street Vegan Program. Always a pleasure to be with you and a little bit of a special pleasure today because I am going to be with a very new friend and a very old friend. And so that's just such a beautiful balance. The new friend will come after the break and he is the Emmy Award winning actor Kiko Ellsworth, who is now involved in lots of things, including the evolving men of Color Summit coming up just this weekend. But right now, the old friend, not old like old, but a long time. We've been through a lot. We've watched each other produce lots of books and do lots of things and stay very, very dedicated to something that's important to you too. And that is this vegan lifestyle. Although I think when we met, it was so long ago, we were still both vegetarians. She is Nava Atlas. And Nava is so prolific. Oh my goodness. In my next life, I want to write books as fast as she does. She is the author of I mean, dozens, she can talk to us about that, of of cookbooks. She's also a visual artist. She is also a literary lady. She can tell us something about that. And her brand new book is Plant-Powered Protein, 125 Recipes for Using Today's Amazing Meat Alternatives. Welcome, Nava Atlas. 
Hi, Victoria. Thank you for having me on. And when you said this might be the best of times, I thought, wow, she's really optimistic. Well, I'm optimistic because I kind of believe in the trampoline principle. And I have seen this in my own life. And I wish it weren't like this. But historically, I can say just from a personal point of view, that whenever I've really gone low, whenever life has handed me some very difficult stuff that I would have just as soon skipped, then I just bounce up like a person on a trampoline to the greatest heights and joys and successes. So I'm hoping that that applies not just to me, but to the world in general. I'm, that would be a really good thing to happen in the world right now, because I think that the world, I don't think I've ever lived through a time like this in my lifetime. And we can really use a huge trampoline bounce right around now. We can indeed. And, and we'll I just have to live through the next week. Yeah, is is what people like you are, are doing in the world. And I've been so impressed all through the pandemic of how people who are out to promote veganism and healthier living and compassionate living, they just haven't stopped. They haven't taken time off or said, we'll see you, you know, after we're all vaccinated. They have been doing the work every single day. And since this thing started, you, you've come out with two books. This is true. I just had published something at the end of 2019, which we talked about, and then two books this fall. And, uh, you know, I've also observed the companies that are making these products. They've been doing very well throughout this really dark time because I think people really are looking to something that's more positive, that's more compassionate. And not only that, for example, um, No Evil Foods, they do a lot of social justice work. So I've been really very, very impressed. And what your brand new book is about is about working with these foods. And this is such an interesting concept to me because I've been all through your book. I read cookbooks like books. <laughs> and it's been so fascinating to me that this, this wonderful book, Plant Powered Protein, You've got comfort food recipes, the kinds of dishes, certainly, that I grew up on, meatloaf, tuna casserole, <laughs> shepherd's pie, and, it, and it's, it's got meat in it. And so for anybody that says, oh, I couldn't go vegan or even vegetarian, I just like meat, well, that's not an excuse any longer. Right. No, this is, I call this my no excuses book, because if you say, you remember years ago, people would say, oh, you know, I can't go vegan because then I would never be able to have pizza again. Well, now vegan pizza is so delicious. And now this is also a no excuses guide. You know, I can't live without meatloaf. I can't live without burgers. I can't live without, you know, my mom's chicken soup. Well, guess what? It's all in here, but it's made with plants. Yeah. Yeah, amazing and wonderful. So where did you get this idea? You know, I think that like everybody else, I was seeing, especially in 2000, early 2019, there was this explosion of news articles about these plant-based protein companies, including uh, Beyond, which was about to do one of the largest, you know, most successful IPOs in history. And I was just, you know, I kept, it seemed like on a daily basis, I would be reading about one company or another jumping into these and not just vegan companies, the meat companies, because they were, you know, they weren't doing it to be nice. They were doing it because they thought, you know, we better do this to, in order to survive. 
but you know i think that you're like me if the the means to an end as long as the means are are good it's the end that it, which is what matters. But I think what really tipped the scales for me was an article I read about Bruce Friedrich, who I've never met personally. He used to be with PETA. I don't know. Do you know him, uh, Victoria? Oh, my goodness, Nava. Not only do I know him, but I'll tell you a story. I think some of my listeners already know this. I was in my office. Should I finish on my little train of thought here and then you'll tell the story? Yes, do please. Okay. (laughs) So there was a pretty big profile about him in the New York Times, probably also around the beginning of 2019, where he was talking about his uh, previous activities, which included throwing red paint at models who were wearing fur, and then him coming to the realization that if if his goal was to get people to eat fewer animals, then that was not working. So he founded the Good Food Institute, which dedicated a lot of R&D to developing these kind of products. And so the goal to get people to eat less meat, to get people to you know, use fewer animals, that was working and it's still working. It works very well. So I thought, well, this may not have been the kind of cookbook I could have foreseen myself doing, but I like that end. I like you know, that means to an end. And I do think that if you give people and say, you know, you can do this. You don't have to give up anything. Literally, you could have all your favorite dishes, but it, they'll be made with plants. And I thought, well, why not? So I jumped in. And now you can finish your Bruce Friedrich. <laughs> well, I love that you jumped in. And I have another thought about your book. So I hope I don't forget while I'm telling you my ancient story. Um, 1988. I got a call from a young man who said he was a student at Grinnell College, and he had read an article that I had written about veganism in the Animals Agenda magazine that was in his college library, and he decided that he would go vegan. And I said, okay, that's nice. Well, he turned out to be Bruce Friedrich. (laughs) So you inspired him. That's such a cool story. Yeah, somebody said to me once, well, then you don't ever have to do another good deed. <laughs> you know, you can just ride on Bruce Friedrich forever. Well, so one good yes. deed beats another. <laughs> so, and Nava, when I was reading through your cookbook, I thought I have always looked at those faux meats as just faux meats. You make a burger and you put it on a bun. You have the chicken thing and you have it there where people who eat meat would put the chicken with the potato over here and the veggies over here. The idea that you would actually use these products to make some of these really classic American dishes. And I know you have Asian fare and all kinds of interesting food in here, but largely as I read this, it's a classic American cookbook. How did it ever even occur to you that these weren't just products, they were ingredients? Um, that's an interesting question. I've really never thought of that. I, I guess when I started the book, I really did start by, because I, I was already at the point where I would call myself, you know, let's say a kale salad vegan. So I had to kind of go back and do some research on, you know, according to the products that I wanted to use 
and kind of reverse engineer what type of recipes I wanted to convert. And so, yeah, I was looking at American cookbooks. And when you say that there's a lot of other kind of, there's a lot of, you know, ethnic type of dishes in here, but they really are part of the American cuisine, the American melting pot cuisine. And so I was kind of impressed by that, how much American cuisine has really embraced uh, other cuisines. I mean, you know, everybody knows Taco Tuesday and, you know, uh, the, the Asian dishes. They're not really that, un they're not unknown to us anymore. And then I also went back and when you started to talk about that, I started to flip through the book and I flipped to Cobb Salad. Now that's a really old American classic and, you know, leave it to American cuisine to have a salad that not only has one type of meat in it, but two. So, you know, at first I thought I wouldn't even be able to do a salad chapter, but then I thought, wait a second, this is America. Everything has meat in it. And indeed, the salad chapter is really one of my favorites. Oh, that Well, because you're a kale salad vegan. Right. So it's, it's a wonderful book, you guys. You really need to look at this plant-powered protein, 125 recipes for using today's amazing meat alternatives. So I have to ask, what do you say to people that say, oh, I don't eat that, or I'm a vegan. Why would I want anything that looked like meat? Yes, and that's a good question, and I address it in my introduction. I really wrote it not for those people, but for people who say, you know, I, I would really like to eat more vegetarian, vegan, plant-based, whatever they want to call it, but I would really miss this and that. And so this addresses it head on. And also I feel like when it comes to comfort and especially when it comes to holidays, people really become very nostalgic. They go back to what their mom made, you know, and why not have it, but have it in a more compassionate way. Now for many years, even before I went vegan, when I was still a vegetarian, people would always ask me, what am I going to do for my one or two vegetarian or vegan guests at Thanksgiving? And that's what started me to think about these things years and years ago. Now, we're, we are just creatures of comfort and nostalgia, and especially in times of trouble, food is one of the greatest comforts. And oh, I so also I wanted to say very importantly for vegans who say, oh, you know, I don't like those products. I don't you know, like to eat this and this and this. Well, almost each and every recipe also has the option of using what we now consider the traditional plant proteins, tempeh, tofu, and seitan. So you can make these dishes with any one of those things. I have a DIY chapter at the end where you have, it's, just, it's kind of a, a brief chapter, but you can make your own meatballs, you can make your own seitan, you can make your own crumbly ground using whole foods. So this this is really a book that I feel kind of crosses or you know creates a bridge between the ideal whole food plant-based diet and you know going back you know the standard american diet so people can kind of cross over once they get used to doing these dishes maybe they're busy they want to use the packaged products but if they want to delve a little bit deeper into the plant-based cuisine they can make the same dish the next time with baked tofu for example that's terrific and when you were talking about in the old days, it was people saying, what am I going to feed the one vegetarian that I know? And now it's all of us as vegans saying, what are we going to feed, you know, the four or five not 
If they come to my house, they're not going to have actual meat. Like if, if I'm hosting Thanksgiving for the family that year, they know there's not going to be a turkey. That's the end of it. And nobody makes a fuss. We have a, we have a, really, a very cool family. But you're right. I feel like the tables have turned. And I do always kind of tell this anecdote where when my husband and I became vegetarians, and I think you've been doing this longer than we have, you know, we were weirdos, we were the outcasts. And now when you tell people you are a vegan, I think it's sort of a, a badge of admiration. People want to know, how do you do it? So, and I don't even roll my eyes at the, where do you get your protein question anymore? Because I feel like people are asking, they're not asking me because they want to provoke me. They're asking because they want to learn. And so if they want to learn, I would like to teach them. Oh, that's so good. I was talking with uh, some uh, journalists yesterday about some of these ways that you can do searches and find out what questions people are asking. And in this general milieu, questions about where do I get my protein? Where does a vegan get calcium? And for those of us who have been around this a long time, we learned that way back when, but there are people who are just discovering it and they have the same questions that we all did when we started out. Absolutely. And so at the, at the beginning of the book, I do have a whole list of protein quantities in plant-based foods. And you can see how really protein rich a lot of foods are, including, you know, not just these meat alternatives or what we're talking about, tofu, tempeh, seitan, that's obvious, but, you know, we talk about nuts here, nut butters, seeds, even pastas are a good source of protein. And then the other thing to remember is that people need as much protein as they need. It's not like more is better. So it's really not difficult to get the amount of protein that you acquire if you have a pretty varied diet with, you know, with good foods. I'm not yeah. telling you a very junk food diet, but a, a, a diet that's has, you know, grains, vegetables, which vegetables also have a certain amount of protein. So if you're getting sufficient calories, it's really, the chances are very good that you're getting sufficient protein as well. Yes. Well, a question that a lot of vegans are asking probably as frequently as non-vegans ask about protein, and that is, how do I write a cookbook? I've got all these recipes. I've, I've veganized all the family recipes. So nobody knows more about that than you. How does somebody become the next Nava Atlas? Oh, my gosh. First, you take a very long nap. <laughs> um it's exhausting that uh, no uh that's a, that's a very big question you you know first of all there's so many vegan cookbooks nowadays there i remember when i started out in the 80s there were really just a handful of us vegetarian cookbook authors and the landscape has changed so much that it's just incredible i think you need a theme i think that now with so much competition you know, just sort of a general, these are my favorite vegan cookbooks, uh, recipes type of cookbook. It's probably not going to grab the attention of an agent or a publisher. That being said, if you want to just do it for yourself, that's fine. Um, this is a really big question, Victoria. We should probably unpack it a little bit. Um, yeah, we could do that. Yeah. I was just, you know, it, it's interesting how, how there seems to be a kind of secret sauce that some writers have, whether they're cookbook authors or, or whether they're book book authors. And, and you obviously have that and have had it for a long time. 
there is a, a little thing that you did ages ago that that was just um, like a planner kind of book, mostly blank pages and quotations where you could stick in recipes. Oh, I yeah. am still pasting recipes into that. Oh, and that I probably cool. use it more than any other cookbook because it's so customized. So it just seems like all through your career, you have a pulse on what's happening and and you address that. And I feel at the time that you did the DIY thing, it was when we were all very DIY-ish. Right. Yeah, I do try to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on. And I'm just delighted to see how much the movement has expanded. I mean, we've been doing this for a long time and you know, I just remember how hard it was to go out to eat. And that was also one of the things people would say, oh, I don't want to be a vegetarian or vegan because then I won't be able to go out to eat. Well, guess what? Now it's so easy. And most restaurants, even if they're not vegetarian or vegan, have, you know, fairly good options. And the vegan restaurants are the most amazing, in yeah. my opinion. But yeah, I do try to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on. And I have to say that with all the kind of funky and bad things going on in the world, this has definitely been one of the good things. I feel like people's awareness and, you know, knowing what meat is and where it comes from and younger people are really embracing this in a very big way. And, um, you, you know, I went to the plant-based world expo. You were there. I saw you there in 2019. Yes. Remember in the before times and seeing all of our friends and all of our colleagues and the excitement there was around all these companies who are making these amazing foods and, and products and ways to make plant-based living easier. So, and it was huge and it was really the, the atmosphere of excitement was just so heartening to see, you know, something, something in this world going in a positive direction. Absolutely. So, Nava, I know we're here to talk about plant-powered protein, which is an incredible cookbook. Uh, we all need it. We need a copy also for neighbors and relatives. But I want to ask you about some of the other things that you do in the world. Because one of the coolest things about vegans is we're not just vegans. <laughs> no, we, we have other things going on. And you have this wonderful group of literary ladies. Tell us about that. Uh, I've been building this website since about 2012. It's called LiteraryLadiesGuide.com. And I just, I've always been a book person. I'm a real book nerd. I love reading. And I especially like the classics. And I wrote a book in two, it was published in 2011. So I did it kind of backwards. I wrote the book first, then started the website, The Literary Ladies Guide to the Writing Life. And that related to some of the handmade and also limited edition type of books I do on women's issues that live at universities. So I do that. I run my two websites. I really, I really like running websites for some strange reason. And I also, I'm revising and updating my very, very first cookbook, Vegetariana. Whoa. For that one with the drawings. And I have to say the drawing is not as easy for me as it was in the eighties. I don't know if it's the patients or the eyesights. And so I'm making it vegan and I am adding um, more women's voices, more radical voices. And I'm just going to bring it out myself when it's ready, which I hope it will be this coming year. 
you are so brave and you're, you're just a master of reinvention. And so I, I know that art comes into your life and you, you mentioned the, the drawing there. Very often people who love words don't get the visual and you somehow have both. How can we develop more of an appreciation for the one we're lacking? Just expose yourself to it more. But I, I have to say that, you know, I, I'm sort of the same person that I was at the age of five. I always liked both writing and drawing and reading. The cooking came a little later, not much later. I was in high school when I started cooking because I had to. My mom said she wouldn't cook me vegetarian meals. <laughs> May she rest in peace. But then she started to really like what I was making. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like I was just lucky. I was just blessed with it from the beginning. And when I drew, I wrote things about it. And when I wrote, I doodled on it. So it was always kind of one and the same for me. So, I love that. You know, I, I, so I, most I, of my books are visual. Well, you are a Renaissance woman, to be sure. So as you look forward at, at 2021 and um, just tell, tell me your, your greatest wish. We can't get political and partisan because we're a church station and nonprofit. But in just the bigger picture, what, what do you see for this year ahead? Well, I'm really hopeful for the vaccine. I know that, you know, a lot of us are doing the best we can and we've really adapted in amazing ways, you know, with Zoom and everything else. But uh, yeah, I mean, on a personal level, yeah, I'm sick of always being home. But it's not the worst thing in the world. And I'm a natural introvert, so it's probably not as hard for me as it is for other people. But I'd like people to really start being nicer to each other. And uh, on a personal uh, note, I really do miss my friends. I haven't seen you for a long time, for example. Karen Hartglass was saying we should have a reunion when we can in New York and just have a, Ooh, an amazing vegan meal. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I just I, I just want the world to right itself. I think, you know, go, we'll, we'll do a full, full circle when things get really bad and really bleak. Let's do Victoria's technique of, of um, what did you say? Was it trampolining or boomeranging? Yeah, trampolining. Yeah. <laughs> trampolining. Gonna, I mean, we're going to fly really, if, if that theory holds. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I hope so. The sky's yeah. the limit. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to even just return to normal? That would that would be really a, a, a big ask for me. Just return to no normalcy would be wonderful. It sounds good. And a great way to start is by, since we're home anyway, making some amazing, wonderful, comforting dishes from Plant Powered Protein by Nava Atlas. It's absolutely beautiful. It's hardcover. It's substantial. I love it. And I love its author. Thank you so much, Nava, for oh, being Thank you. Us. And before we go off, I just want to thank my photographer, Hannah Kaminsky. Oh, she's wonderful. She's been on the show herself. Was one of ours. And uh, she did an, a really a spectacular job on this book. She did indeed. The visuals mean a lot. So thank you so much. And everybody else, stay with us. We're back with Kiko Ellsworth.
Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I always feel like I'm repeating myself because that that nice man in the middle says, welcome back. But it feels like it's uh, mine to say as well. So welcome back. If you are new to the world of Main Street Vegan, please check out our website, MainStreetVegan.net. There's all kinds of stuff going on over there. Uh, like Main Street Vegan Academy, where you can train to be a certified vegan lifestyle coach and educator in a wonderful course, either on Zoom or, God willing, uh, back in person again in New York City next fall. So do check that out. And it is now my pleasure to introduce you to my next guest, Kiko Ellsworth. Kiko is an Emmy Award-winning actor, producer, and director who dropped all his agents and managers, walked away from the entertainment industry, committed to building a more fulfilling life for himself. He is now a kundalini yoga teacher, men's evolutionary life coach. He teaches women self-defense and has founded an online school called Ma'at University. Kiko is passionate about plant-based eating and helping those who are disadvantaged, and he has developed the Evolving Men of Color Summit to simultaneously empower black men while raising funds for underserved communities. And the big summit is happening, just coming right up, on the 16th of January, and he's going to tell us all about that. Welcome, Kiko. Wow. Thank you. That was like, I'm in and I think I'm going to wake up to that so I can just get off to my day right. And that was so wonderful. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here with you. And uh, thank you. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> let's do it indeed. And you were cutting out a little bit at the beginning. So whatever you can do on the tech side to make things great, uh, I'll say a prayer from my end because that's all I can do. So... So tell us about your life as an actor. You started acting young. Oh, actually, a little, a little late. I was in my 20s. Well, I that was seems about... young to me. Oh, okay, okay. Well, then there you go. I guess it's all relative. Yeah, I, in, my, in my 20s, um, and I kind of got forced into it. Uh, hopefully you can hear me okay. I got, I got forced into it, and by the time I got on uh, a particular acting stage, I had stage fright. And um, it was like someone was choking me up there. I couldn't breathe. And, and I got off the stage and I said, OK, we're going we're gonna to battle. This is, this is between you and me. Now it's personal. And so I just, I just took on the acting thing because I wanted to uh, be myself. I wanted to 
be myself in front of people and not hide and, and be afraid. That's a beautiful story. I think some people find that they're not afraid in that situation because they really are hiding. But when you know that it's you, you've got to fight those demons. So good for you that you did that. And yet, in your introduction, it says you've kind of walked away, at least for now. So tell us the whole story. Yeah, so, I mean, from, from that point when I, when I really made a commitment to, to start off the acting and, and have it be something as passionate as it was and dear inside of my heart to just learn how to truthfully express myself, uh, things kind of happened kind of fast. I was on a TV show, soap opera and films and TV and, and, and you know, awards and all this stuff and red carpets. And that happened for a few years. And then, you know, I, I felt that there was a missing for me. And, and um, there was just, I just didn't have the spiritual foundation. It was like, it was all empty. I had the shell of what the life w was supposed to be like, um, but I didn't have the inside. So, you know, at that particular point in time, I, I didn't have a spiritual practice. I wasn't meditating. Of course, I wasn't a Kundalini yoga teacher. I was still eating meat. Um, just all the, I was the, pretty much in a sense, the exact opposite of uh, how I am now. And, you know, but I did, you know, have a, a missing and a desire to have a better life. And so um, I just kept going for that. And then over a few years, I started dropping my agents and managers. And I started, you know, having more of a finding more of myself with I started doing yoga. And, and then one day I found myself, you know, telling my agent off and, and we were just we weren't arguing, but I was really standing up for that the inside of myself that I had been like really figuring out. And he said, well, you don't look, you don't look like an FBI agent. And I'm like, I don't want to look like an FBI agent. I want to look like me. And I was like, and you guys don't even know what you want. And what you guys want is me, but I'm not figuring myself out for you. I'm figuring myself out for me, you know? And that was really me learning to have my voice and to stand up for myself, to figure out my, my, my inner world. And, um, and so I just kept going along that path and, teaching and learning and growing. And the more that I built my inner world, the more my outer world had to shift to adapt what truly mattered for me. And uh, so I ended up dropping everybody and uh, I ended up teaching more and more and more. And we started the online university. I've taught women uh, empowerment, self-defense. I was a, a vice president for Safe Passage, uh, a, a domestic violence nonprofit uh, in Van Nuys, California. And so I've, you know, built curriculums and really passionate about, you know, helping women to really take up more space in this, in their lives and in our world. Because I think it's just, it will create perfect balance. If, if women can take up space, men can like kind of back up and we can balance and actually be harmonious together. So that takes some shifting on both of our parts for that to happen. Um, so many years starting off with the women. And then at, towards the end of that, you know, after, you know, almost 15 years or so, the women started saying, yeah, this is great. But, you know, do you have something for my husband? Do you have something for my son? Do you have something like, what, are you working with men? Like, what's going on? And I was like, I just wasn't ready yet. And so um, and so now fast forward a little more, you know, uh, I've really pivoted into the, the flip side of that equation and working with our brothers to help us to evolve uh, for us to create peace, to know ourselves, to accept the, the, the feminine aspect that's within us so we can have that harmony and balance. And I really think of it like, you know, we as men have been taught to use our gas pedal. Like that, that's been, in a sense, our masculinity. 
But if we're truly going to navigate our lives, we have to learn how to have that brake pedal as well. And that's sort of like learning and embracing the feminine aspect that's within all men as well. We want to be able to navigate. So sometimes if we're going to take that sharp right, we got to slow down a little bit, you know, and then we want to accelerate again. So it's all about navigation. So I just pivoted hard to working with men. And then that brought us to the, the summit. And that just just, you know, we're, we're just going to take off. We're just going to take off. <laughs> And, and we're just going to do it. And, and men, you know, we we're just really have a great group of men that are learning how to love ourselves and what that looks like. And it's okay. Like, it's cool. Like, I'm still a man. I'm still a man, even though I'm, I'm loving myself. So uh, that's pretty much you know, how I got to, to this point. That, that is so cool. Now, the summit that, that's coming up on the 16th. Of, um, and for people listening far in the future, we're talking January 16th, 2021, but there will be others in the future, and you can check out everything that uh, Kiko is up to on his website, evolvingmenofcolor.com, and you can also find him on Facebook, Evolving Men of Color, and Instagram, Evolving Men of Color, and we'll put all this, of course, on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net, as well as information about our, our former guest, uh, Nava Atlas. But I want to ask you about what's going to go on this weekend. And I see that the summit is open to both men and women, although you are clear the focus is on empowering minorities. But give us a rundown. Who's going to be with you? What are you going to be talking about? What are men or women, too, going to walk away after uh, this day? Yeah, yeah. You know, anyone can come. We have all options. We're raising funds for a nonprofit that works with youth in, in the, in the uh, Los Angeles County area. You can come for free. Uh, you can donate if you want. We just want the conversation to be stimulated so we can create balance and peace between us. The ultimate goal, look, look the ultimate goal, Victoria, is that there's peace between me and you. That takes a, a little bit of work for all of us, but ultimately it's about can we have a conversation? Can we hear each other? Can we kind of have this ebb and flow? So yes, the, the event is focused on men of color and our needs, our challenges, and us having a safe space to have a conversation about ourselves and, and our evolution. But we actually, it's interesting because I just added a, a women and all women's panel and I wanted to, but I said, I gotta, it has to be added properly because this is an all men summit. So if I'm going to add a women's panel, I can't just add it. I have to, it has to be added in, in, a, in a way that makes sense. So we have an all women's panel in there as well. So, um, and their, their focus is to, it's, the basic premise is if you call a child bad, that child will be bad. But if you call a child or a man great, he can step into his greatness. And there's just something with a woman like I can talk to a guy and maybe say the same thing that a woman can say, but when she says it, he's receiving it very, very differently because he's getting it from a female. He's getting it from his opposite, that polar opposite energy. And there's, there's, there's ways that a woman can affirm a man that a, a man just can't affirm another man. So, and, and vice versa. Um, so, you know, the, the summit we're gonna be, we have all these different panels. Uh, it's a conference uh, format. Uh, you know, it's just like a regular conference and we have these different formats that have these overlapping sessions. There's a little bit of music. There's a little bit of yoga. There's uh, keynote speakers. There's, um, there's just a wide variety of and there's celebrity speakers. There's a wide variety of topics uh, that we get to interact with with each other. The hosts and the guests can actually come up on stage and ask questions. Um, it's literally just like an a, a, a actual conference, except it's, it's online. So 
Um, but yeah, if people want to check out like all the details, they can go to Evolving Men of Color and kind of see the celebrities that are there. They can see the topics. They can see like the women that are there and what they're going to be talking about. Um, and everything's recorded. So we're going to be redistributing that afterwards as well, too, because it's just such valuable information um, that's going to help a lot of people uh, with, with a lot, all these role models that are, that are giving up their time to show up on that day. Yeah. Oh, it looks amazing. It, whenever I'm part of, as a, a presenter or just a participant, in any sort of, of self-growth activity, there are so many more women there than men. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah. so you're going after an audience that isn't used to being this kind of audience. So how, how do you reach men to get involved in something like this? Yeah, interestingly enough, there's, there's a lot of conversation about this. There's a lot of men's groups that are kind of like below the radar. Like they're not, people don't necessarily know about them and, and, and mainstream, let's just say, but there's a lot of action happening with men. Men are getting the message right now in their spirits and their souls that it's time to like wake up. It's time to be better. There's, there's gotta be more than just, you know, my money or my house or my success or this or, or control. There's gotta be more. So the, 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 the hearts of these men, they are evolving and, and men are having these critical conversations. And I've, I'm actually in contact with a lot of these men. So, um, but there's, there's different ways to reach us men than, than, than let's say women. And so, you know, I, as a man, uh, I just, I just know how to talk to another man, you know, so he, he kind of gets it, you know, cause I, w I wouldn't tell a man, Hey, we're going to learn how to, you know, embrace your feminine side. It's like, no, it's like, you're going to, you're going to learn how to be a fully activated man. Like you're a 12 cylinder, beautiful, powerful vehicle, but we've been taught to use six cylinders. It's like, we all want to use all 12 cylinders. And so we want to embrace that sun and moon energy so, so we can really be like the man that we were born to be. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, talking to him, we have media, we have all these different uh, outlets through, you know, social media, and we're just making it available. And we we're going to continue this conversation because I, you know, I, I personally, and I think a lot of men that are doing this type of work, we just don't see any other way. Like us men, we just need to evolve. We just need to like, you know, get our, get our butts in, in gear and get our, you know, crap together. <laughs> As do we all. So, so your, your seminar is about empowering minorities and you've talked about the specific needs of men of color. So tell us about that. I know every, every man, woman, and human being on this planet right now is looking at themselves or needs to be but what are some of the special needs, challenges, and opportunities for men of color right now? Sure. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, I, I want to first say that I, I need to make, be very clear about this. First of all, I love you. I love all my sisters and brothers. And I say that every single day. I'll say that to any man, any woman, whether I know them or not, that I love you. And I'm a stand for everybody. Um, and, at, and there's, there's different levels at which I take action as well. You know, it's kind of like if you have, you know, 10 houses on the street and one particular house is burning down the most, like I'm going to address that one first. And so we can actually, of course, you don't want any of them to burn down, but you want to address that one uh, the most because it's burning. So that's how I view and why I've, I've, I've chosen to actually make this, uh, you know, uh, about men of color. So some specifics the things that we go over, like one of the issues that, that we have is, as men of color um, is that 
we are can be very disconnected from our emotions. Um, and we put on, let's say, for example, like we have a very, 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 very tough skin and you'll see the scowl on my face. And, you know, I got this, I got these muscles and I'm, I'm on the exterior. I might look very, very tough. Right. But on the inside, there, there is, there is extreme sensitivity that I haven't learned how to get in touch with. So that presents the first challenge. And then after that, identify, okay, what is the sensitivity? And then I have, after that, another challenge is how do I express this, this authentic sensitivity that I have going on in my life and, and have it be in a healthy way, you know? So that's, I'll just, that's like one of the main challenges is embracing the reality that our emotions and our feelings and what we have going on the outside is not necessarily matching on the inside and accepting that and learning how to heal all of the, the trauma and the pain, the psychological pain, the uh, emotional pain, whether it be ancestral, um, you know, pain that's been passed down or in our you know, current lifetime or, or childhood pain, like really looking at that, those sorts of pain and having the, the courage to really look at it, embrace it and do the work necessary to resolve it, whatever it takes. And it's just, it's just not as hard all the time as it may seem. But when we avoid things, and everybody can experience that, when we avoid things, the, the, the big bad monster behind, in, in the darkness is, is always gonna seem much more scary until you, until you click on the light. Well, amen to that. So how much of this, Kiko, comes from your yoga training? How much of your insight and understanding? You know, um, I, for me, I think it comes from a lot of different things. Definitely yoga, definitely meditation, definitely my diet. Diet is huge. I can't tell you how much really started to change when I really cleaned up my diet. When I cleaned up my diet and started putting good food in my body, when I um, started you know, weaning myself off of meat, weaning myself off of the drugs, that was in the meat, more importantly, I was an addict from the drugs and the meat, from the hormones and the steroids that were in the meat, and I didn't, I didn't know it. You know, my, I tell you a story, look, when I first tried to go vegan, I crashed after three weeks, and I was like, I don't feel sick. What's going on with me? Like, my nose is, I feel weak, my nose is running, but I feel fine, but at the same time, I'm having these sort of, you know, it feels weird. So smash forward about like seven or eight years after being vegan, you know, you know, how you get like, you might get these epiphanies sometimes and, and the dots would just connect in your, in your mind. And you're like, Oh, why am I thinking about that? I thought about this amazing movie. I don't know if you remember that movie, Sid and Nancy, where Gary Oldman played, <laughs> yes. right? Remember when he was uh, in the methadone clinic and he was shaking, going through withdrawals and he was underneath the sink in the jail cell and he was shaking and he was blowing snot bubbles out of his nose. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. Okay, great. So that <laughs> flashed into my head, Victoria, that, that flashed into my head, right? In this, like out of nowhere. And at the same time, the moment where I, seven years prior, where, where I was weak in that kitchen flashed in my head as well too. Now, now I need to go back to that moment because I've got to tell you something. When I was weak in that kitchen, I said, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I haven't eaten meat. 
in like three weeks. So let me get a piece of meat. I ate a piece of meat and I kid you not, literally in less than 60 seconds, I could run a marathon. I felt strong. I felt, I felt amazing. I was like, you know, I was just on fire. I was like, oh, I'm back. Like I'm, I'm back. I'm ready. I'm ready. And before that I was like weak and I was like about to go to bed. I could literally run around the block. So back smash, you know, smash forward again. I always had thought that that moment was about having meat in my body. I thought it was about the meat. My body needed the meat. And once, but once I got to eight years or so into being vegan, you know, after a while, my diet got clean, you know, cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. And I, I think the, the purification process just starts to happen. The, the thoughts and you're a lot of more energy and more clear energy comes into the mind. It's allowed. What I realized in that moment is that it wasn't the meat that I needed back then. I was addicted to the drugs that were in the meat. So what I had gotten, I was going, that, and which is why my mind gave me that scene of Gary Oldman going through withdrawals in the, in the methadone clinic because he was a drug addict. I had got very clear in that moment that I was a drug addict. And I didn't even know it from the steroids and the hormones. And what I had gotten in that moment when I ate that meat is I got the drugs. I got a hit. And if we think about it, that's exactly what happens to a drug addict. They get weak, they weak, they, 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 for the, and then they get that hit and they're fine in less than a minute. That's the exact same thing that happened to me. So diet is going to be huge and definitely yoga. I think it's a holistic approach and it happens everywhere. It's music, you know, but I think a big, 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 big part of it is definitely going to be diet and discipline. Those two D's. Those are some pretty darn good D's. And I, I love how you explain the, the drug aspect of it because I, I remember going out to lunch with a woman once who's not vegetarian. She had a salad with a piece of salmon or something on it. She took one bite and said, oh, my God, I really needed the protein. She's not mm. going to assimilate that protein <laughs> till day after tomorrow. Yes, <laughs> yes. But I yes. always remember that. And, and, I, and that's a really great uh, piece of information to have when people say, oh, you know, I was vegan and I, I, I was okay, but oh my gosh, then I ate some meat and I felt so much better. Yes. Just for the reason you're saying. So thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, we remember, we remember those things for a reason. I think they stick out for a reason. Yeah, for sure. So Kiko... What is your purpose in life? What's the impact you specifically and personally want to make? Oh, my God. I love you. Can I just say I love you? I love you, <laughs> Victoria. You are just amazing. Like, do you, you go this deep and beautiful in your shows all the time? I need to be listening much more to your show. My God. Um, what a wonderful question. Well, we're my... going to have to give some credit on that to Jessica. Resnick, who works with you, because she sent me sample questions. But I want to know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, well, really, it's it's pretty simple. I think I, you know, we've kind of been going going through it. You know, you know, my purpose in life really has everything to do with my conversation with you right now, Victoria. It really just has everything to do with with my conversation with you and having the the peace and balance uh, between the masculine and feminine energies on this planet. I mean, this, this is the way I see it. This is my truth. Of course, we have all, you know, we have tons of challenges and problems on this planet, right? And, but the, the, the core, the core 
I'll just say nothing, no creations and problems can happen unless like the first creative uh, uh, act can happen, right? The first creative act that allows other creative acts to happen is that a, a man and a woman come together to create more life, right? And so when we can actually come together to create more life, if we're balanced, if I'm seeing myself properly and I'm therefore, if I see myself properly, I can see you properly and vice versa. And then if we can be balanced together, then we can actually, um, our creations will, will be birthed from that sort of seed of balance. But if I don't see myself properly, that means there's no way that I can see and love you properly and, and, and vice versa. It's going to be a struggle. And therefore, everything we create is going to be skewed and a little bit off. So, you know, my whole purpose is to create balance between males and females, the masculine and feminine, you know, and as much as I can, you know, let that radiate through the planet. So every, so, and so I'll just say everything that you see from me, whether it be a summit like the one we have this weekend or the TV shows that, that I'm gonna, getting back to doing the docu-series and things like that, everything has that seed within it. I don't know about the docu-series, tell us. Oh, yeah. Well, that's directly linked to our uh, evolving men of color. So um, I can't say too much about it, but basically it's a docuseries that um, uh, mentors uh, youth of color and totally just transforms their, their lives in, in a way to where as you just, you know, really fall in love with them and to where it's even more importantly, they, they fall in love with, with themselves. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I love how people take what they have done. So in your case, it's acting, producing, et cetera. And you're evolving that into something that uses those skills and uplifts the world. And so yeah. many people, you know, they can take whatever they've been doing for the past 15 years and elevate it in that way. It's very exciting. So next week, when the summit is over and you are looking toward other things, what's coming next? Real quick, we have 30 seconds. Yeah, sure. Well, the summit is a part of the Evolving Men of Color national campaign. So we have a whole list of training programs and uh, brotherhood activities rolling out throughout the year, including uh, the media that from the event that we're putting together and redistributing that. So, you know, we're, we're activating the national campaign campaign and ready to go. It sounds wonderful. Gosh, I'm happy to know you. I said at the very beginning that I was having an old friend on today and a new <laughs> friend. And I assumed we would be friends. And now I feel like, oh, yeah, we're friends. So Most thank you. Thanks a million. Thank and everybody, evolvingmenofcolor.com. So you can get on, in on the summit this weekend and all the amazing work that's going on there. Thank you to both my guests. Thanks to Unity Online Radio. To everybody listening, God bless you. Eat your Thank veggies. You. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. 
Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.